0: Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, stories and sermons for the journey, a channel of blessing for friends everywhere to experience how the Holy Spirit moves ordinary people into an extraordinary calling, bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom of God. The Word is declared through the pastors and partners of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua, founded in 2011 in Jovianos, Cuba, by pastors José Santiago and Yamile Cruz. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job, and my wife, Tani, and I serve as chief connection makers and storytellers in the United States. Our team is dedicated to planting and nurturing churches and to spread the reach of the gospel. We pray you'll be blessed by these teachings and testimonies of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Hey friends, last week on the podcast we brought you the first part of the first sermon ever from David Santiago, the youngest son of our founding pastor Jose Santiago and Yami Cruz. David's been talking to us about the willingness of Jesus to be separated from and suffer the cross apart from his perfect relationship to God the Father. This was the worst of what he endured on earth. And so we pick up today with a probing question that our young preacher has placed before us. So if Jesus separated himself from his perfect relationship with the Father in heaven so that you and I could also have this perfect communion with him and make us sons and daughters, then why can't we take an extra five minutes each morning to simply be in his presence? You see, every moment of every day, your, your father waits for you. You can cast all your cares on him and leave them behind in peace. Get this, okay? Your father is the one person with whom you never have to wear a mask, You don't ever have to pretend. He accepts you just as you are. I was listening to the preaching in church last Sunday, and something specific caught my attention. Here it is. When the prodigal son turned and started for home, his dad was already waiting. I picture him in the doorway of the house every day. And he's saying, I know he'll be back. Guys, the dad knew it. His father was still doing all the other things that he had to do each day, but, but there he was at the door because he knew the son would see that he needed to come back home. And dad was waiting for that moment. And yes, Jesus said to the father, God, I don't want to be apart from you, but they need you. So then let your will be done. And he allowed himself to be deserted in that moment so that you and I no longer have to be separated from heaven. So what an amazing opportunity that is for those of us who put our faith in Jesus. Because you see, the thing is, those who don't believe, they're not going to have that chance. In that, that little key moment, Jesus left his perfect union with God so that we might be in heaven and might never have to do that. Hallelujah. I mean, think about that. I mean, think about everything that means seriously after hearing that do you think there's any way that someone could tell you that you're not worth much how can anybody rob you of your joy when you know that one day jesus paid your debt on the cross so be joyful the separation between the son and the father was the wrath of god poured out over the son without the son being found deserving of it someone had to die crushed and broken by the wrath of god to pay for the sin of the world and this was jesus and it was enough and this is where we see the very power of the cross that on the cross god poured out his wrath over his own son in order to save you from his wrath looking back in the book of genesis we find the story of abraham And in this account, God has promised Abraham a son and then the human possibilities of making this happen run out because Abraham and his wife Sarah are just, they're too old. And this will show us where where God is when your human capacities run out of options. You see, we do what a human can do. Someone calls on us to do our part and we act correspondingly. But when God shows up after you've done all you can do, all that's humanly possible, and you still haven't accomplished what you hoped for, God shows up and says, good, this is just right where you need to be. And so Abraham's story then becomes a miraculous story of faith and a prophecy of what would come much later. First, God does a marvelous work. He fulfills his early promise to Abraham by way of a long-lost dream of a son for Abraham and Sarah, a woman seemingly incapable of conceiving a child gives birth to the son of promise. And then God says to Abraham, hey, you know that son, that long-awaited, much-beloved child of promise, give him to me. Take him and place him on the stone and offer him to me. And crazy, Abraham went. He took his son, He placed him on the altar, and he raised his knife over him. And only then did the Lord speak up and stop him and provide the sacrifice in place of Isaac. Man, that can seem really, really hard for us to take in. But the thing is, the reality behind the whole situation is that Abraham was never going to have to take his son's life. The sacrifice to fulfill God's promise would be the one that's made by the Lord himself. Not a ram in the thicket, not Abraham's promised son, but the sacrifice for every human being past and present. If you want to know how it is that a single man dying alone in covenant with God on this wooden branch could possibly bring salvation for a multitude of humanity and loan us a bit of his integrity, it's because this particular man had a life to give that was worth more than all the others. Friends, if we took everything in this entire world, every star, every planet, anything that shines, everything and more of all the greatest things in all creation, every last thing that God ever created and we took a scale and we hung all of that on one side and on the other side we placed Christ, he would weigh more. He does weigh more and he's more than enough. So now I want to take you to another example of this amazing love on the cross, Let's go now to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, 32 and 33, and 39 and 40. Amen. The Word of the Lord says, Two other men, both criminals, were also let out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same punishment. We are punished justly, but we're getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. We're gonna take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on the Ancient Path. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed. To see people set free from what holds them captive. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. And if you'd like to be a covenant financial partner or contribute to the work of the ministry, I encourage you to visit our website, ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. Those verses, that, that passage in Luke 23 has always fascinated me. We read the lead in, but I'm talking about the part of the story that comes next. I mean, here's this man on a cross, and it could be that he doesn't really know who it is that's hanging next to him, but he speaks to Jesus, and he says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus simply looks at him and says, Today you'll be with me in paradise i love this passage for many things but but there are two main things and the first is the faith that we see the faith in the thief whom we see crucified next to jesus i mean this is a guy whose whole life has been seemingly lived in vain uh, for some sort of vain glory it's a life people would have looked at and said "Eh, what is this but in this moment he gets a real look at his own condition And he realizes what he's been, and he recognizes something in the one being crucified next to him. And so he makes this request. And then second, there's this amazing mercy and grace of our Lord and Savior to look at him and declare to him that today you will be with me in paradise. I mean, think for a minute about everything Jesus was already dealing with. He's hanging there and he's suffering under the weight of all of the sin of all humanity and apart from God. Wouldn't you think that was enough? Isn't that a sufficient task for the moment, everything he's doing? I mean, realistically speaking, of course it's enough. Imagine, though, that there Jesus is taking on all of that. It'd just be easy for him to think that doing anything for this poor guy next to him really wouldn't make much of a difference. And oftentimes we get ourselves to working on the things of God that take up our lives and we think there isn't anything more for God to do in our lives, right? Preparing a little devotional is sufficient. Setting aside a day for worship is enough. But listen, no, no, no. We've got to start to understand that God has something more. And the guy on the cross asked Jesus to take action on his part. And in that moment, obviously saving the whole world was more than enough to be doing, right? Right? this guy, completely undeserving, but with his heart all in, simply asks, remember me. Some time ago, an old man that we knew who has since passed away was talking with my mom and I about the thief on the cross next to Jesus. And he imagined this story. That man, the thief on the cross, he made his way to the entrance to paradise and he was confronted there by the 24 elders and they were ready to review his case for admittance. They asked, what are you doing here? Who are you? And he told them who he was. And they questioned him about what church he was part of and he said, I don't have a church. And one of them asked him about the doctrine that he practiced and he said, I don't know anything about doctrine or healthy doctrine. So they talked amongst themselves and they agreed that he must have done a lot of good works and he told them no. The fact is I didn't do much of anything that was good. And then the elders questioned him again and and they said, then how, how did you show up here and think that you could get in? I can imagine him reviewing all those questions and all the places of failure in his life. And his only justification was to say, that man next to me, There on the cross, just as we were about to die, well, he told me I could come in. And then Jesus told the man simply, you can come in. In spite of all the things that he'd done in the past, everything that had gone before. I mean, in his past, he'd likely done a lot of not so good things, but there on the cross, Jesus carried each and every one of those things that the man had done, and he took the punishment for all of it and for the sin of all people. As we look around us, we often find ourselves appalled by the way in which people are living, and we long to see the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And on the cross, Jesus showed the love that can save them. And so we, Christians, we must do more to demonstrate the love of Christ that we see on the cross. There's a world that needs to experience it. So many folks are caught up in lifestyles that will lead nowhere good. There there are people out there who will simply die in their sin without the presence of Jesus in their lives. And they continue this way of living because they don't see anything different. They don't know anything different. We look at youth and we, we see that they just seem to be getting worse and worse and we worry and we fret. But it's the only thing that they know how to do. They just follow the lead of their parents in whatever they had done, and whatever bad habits, whatever vice is set before them. So it's time for us then to teach them that there's something more, that we have this treasure. And this treasure is the presence of our Heavenly Father. Now, if Jesus could allow himself to be deserted on the cross so that I could have this treasure, then I want to help others to know this love as well. And so church, I, I hope that tonight and tomorrow and every day of your life, that you will desire to and will take time apart to be in God's presence. I hope that it hurts to be apart from him just as it did for Jesus on the cross. And I hope that with time, being with your heavenly father is gonna come to mean more to you than being with any other person in this world. And I hope that when you talk to people who don't know him, you'll be able to tell them how much he's meant to you so that they might know something new and different. And I hope that you understand that Jesus suffered the separation from his deserved place alongside the Father so that you could be able to enjoy the presence of God today. I hope for all of us that like Moses we will say God I need to be with you. Your presence means more to me than anything. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with each of you. God bless you. And this, friends, brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you very much for being with us. Once again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. I'm Pastor Kevin Job for Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. And until next time, we pray God will bless you richly. Go and be the church.